I'm going to get it down to be exact, exact on each wall. And they were pretty good at what they did. They had they would get these walls down uh, and live by the problem with the law is that it didn't change the heart. Matthew 23, 27, Jesus said, Well, you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you're like wise, wise <clears throat> whitewashed tombs, uh, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of dead men and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear uh, to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. If we make a living for God, just a bunch of rules and laws, uh, we're going to be, and we're going to end up just like the Pharisees. We're going to look impressive on the outside, but on the inside, uh, we'll be full of hypocrisy and wickedness. The church just becomes a bunch of laws, rules and laws. What we have to do, what we need to do. Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, doesn't do any good for the heart of it. Our text. As these religious leaders are pressing Jesus about which is the greatest law, Jesus turns the tables uh, and says to them, the kingdom of God is not about rules and laws, but about the heart and mind, about a heart and mind surrendered to God, uh, and about loving people. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh, this is the first command, the second is like it, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if we, uh, if we could come to church with a heart, mind, surrendered to God and loving people, there would be no need for any rules. If our hearts were totally in love with God uh, uh, and our mind was surrendered to God, we loved our neighbor, we loved each other, uh, there would be no need uh, for what we call laws and rules. You know, in the first four chapters of the book of Acts, we see a church, what a church looked like that was totally surrendered to God had a genuine love for people on the highlight view. Acts 1, uh, they're in the upper room praying. They're doing this as a church. Acts 2, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter preaches. 3,000 souls get saved. The church opens their hearts and their homes uh, to all these new converts. Acts 3, miracles begin to transpire. Acts 4 uh, gives us a caption of what's going on in that church. It says this in verse 32. All the believers were, uh, were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of, the, any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all uh, that they were uh, no needy person among them for whom, or from time to time, those who owned houses and land, sold them, brought the money from the cells and put them at the apostles' feet. Uh, and, it, and it was distributed to everyone as they had need. Uh, that's a pretty powerful church. That's a church that's in love with God. Uh, their heart, their mind, totally surrendered. Uh, there's this a church that are love, uh, in love with each other. You know, I'm convinced that church growth, righteousness in ministry, raising up disciples, commitment, Loyalty, holiness among the people of God uh, is not about rules and laws, uh, but men and women whose hearts and minds are surrendered to God and have a genuine love for people. Uh, amen. I believe if we get that in us, uh, that's the key. Amen. Uh, having that first and second commandment of God written in our hearts that we love the Lord, uh, 
though our heart, mind, and soul love people as we love ourselves. Listen, uh, uh, we can fly right there. You know, Romans 12, that's where Paul preached the famous sermon on the mind. Uh, uh, amen. He's on the transformed mind and surrendered life. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why he said that we may prove what a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Well, Paul's saying that when we're surrendered, when we're surrendered to God, that when we're in love with God, love our heart, mind, and soul, we're have a love for our neighbor. Listen, we're going to prove what's God. What we're going to prove what is the will of God, what's right, perfect. It's going to be in us. There's, there's not going to be a law that's have to be. It's in us. It's written on our hearts. Uh, and I believe this is what God is after that we would have it just on ink and, or paper and ink, but it would be written in our hearts what God wants us to do. You know, our text these religious folks serving God was nothing more than keeping some laws and some rules. And if you can keep the laws and the rules that were holy and right in the sight of God. That's what they thought. Truth is church and ministry is nothing more than laws and rules. Uh, to you, you're going to end up full with full of hate, hypocrisy, and rebellion in the heart. Uh, and you'll stand against the very thing that God is trying to do uh, and the person is trying to save you. Matthew 12, 10 through 14. Jesus preaching their synagogue uh, on the Sabbath, breaking the law on their Sabbath. Uh, and there was a man who had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Uh, that they might accuse him. Uh, then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one who has one sheep and that falls into a, a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Verse 12. And how much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, the, uh, therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. The Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. You know, where there should have been joy uh, and love in the house of God, here's a man that's withered hand. Uh, law says you can't pray for him on the Sabbath. Break him with the 613 laws. Uh, but you uh, that's your livelihood. Uh, how much more important is a man? Uh, and Jesus went ahead and prayed for him and killed him. Uh, but instead of joy in their heart, there is hate, hypocrisy, and murder uh, uh, because Jesus broke a law. Uh, and the Bible said now they're trying to see how they can destroy him. Now think about that. Amen. They're so committed to a law and a rule. Uh, Jesus walks in, preaches, kills somebody, uh, and now they're trying to destroy him. Don't sound like good church to me. <laughs> Ask the question. Are you more concerned about rules and laws or about a surrendered heart, mind, and soul to the Lord? Which one are you? Look, secondly, the greatest command. In the Bible, a commandment is a divine rule, and the purpose of a commandment is to set uh, or is to set God's people apart. Identify right from wrong and uphold the ultimate 
importance, love of God and neighbor. That was what a commandment is supposed to do in the word of God. In our text, religious laws and rule keepers uh, ask Jesus, uh, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Remember, there's 613 laws uh, in their book. That's a big question. Uh, Jesus, which one of these 613 uh, uh, is the most important? Uh, you know, they got their books open. You know they do. Uh, and they're trying to know Jesus. And their question here has nothing to do with God's purpose. Uh, uh, their question was really to prove God wrong because in their mind, Jesus what hasn't been keeping the law. If they're going to accuse him, they're going to catch him. Uh, uh, he's going to say the wrong one. Uh, he's going to say it wrong. And we're going to get him. I mean, think about coming to church with that mindset. When you're ruled bound, that's the mind you have in the house of God. Verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he really drops the bomb on here, verse 40. All the law and the prophet hang on these two commandments. In other words, Jesus was saying, if you're going to have a law book, uh, every law, every rule, uh, and it has to be built around these two. Love the Lord your God, uh, all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you have a rule book, he said, listen, this is what's critical. This is what it has to be built around, uh, a love of God, a love of God that's so deep in your heart, uh, and a love for your neighbor. You know, the greatest problem with the Sadducees and Pharisees in our text uh, was they had 613 laws uh, and rules, but no love for God uh, in their heart, mind, and soul, no love for their neighbor. They had the law down, uh, but they didn't have a surrendered heart, nor did they have a love for people. And uh, listen, uh, and this is still going on today. As we can tell from our text, Jesus much more concerned about love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and your neighbor as yourself than he is what you're wearing in church and the food you're eating uh, and the sacrifices you bring in to the house of God of any other day. Jesus is more concerned about the heart uh, than he is what's written on paper. Jesus is more concerned about uh, the condition of our heart, are we loving God, serving him, uh, is our mind surrendered to God? Uh, do we love people? Then he is concerned about anything else. Verse Samuel 15, God tells Saul to go and destroy all the Amalekites, all that they have. Saul doesn't do that. He has a better plan. Uh, he brings back the Bible says, the best of the sheep and the cattle. And when he got caught, he said to Samuel, uh, hey, it's a sacrifice to the Lord. This is the attitude we have in our text. They knew the first and second commandment. Uh, they knew that to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, neighbor as yourself was uh, was the most important. Uh, but they had a better idea. Uh, we're going to make uh, no work on the Sabbath, no eating certain foods. Uh, what you wear greater than the first and second commandment, uh, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, your neighbor as yourself. Listen, when you take the first. Uh, the second commandment out of the most important spot, uh, you shift your relationship with God uh, from a heart to a rule book. When 
Loving God is not the most important thing in your life when loving your neighbor is not there. Uh, uh, amen. You begin to do it your way. You begin to place your order how you want it. Uh, and in verse 23, or 22, 23, 1 Samuel 15, Samuel tells Saul that your disobedience is a heart issue. So Samuel said, as the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as obeying the voice of the Lord your God. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Paul got Paul saw it all wrong. He said, well, if I get caught, I'm going to say I'm just sacrificing this to God. In his mind, the sacrifice is better than the obedience. I know I'm supposed to obey, but listen, uh, I'm just going to bring a big offering to church. Uh, it'll be okay. Uh, uh, listen, that's wrong. Because Saul, relationship with God did not involve the first or second commandment mm -hmm. as the greatest. He rejected the word of God, uh, and God rejected him. We cannot become more about rules uh, than we are loving God. We can't be more concerned about rules, keeping the rules, uh, than we do keeping our heart uh, right with God, uh, to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and neighbor, as yourself has to come before anything else. That has to be on the forefront of everything we do. Uh, my heart is going to be in love with God. My mind is going to be surrendered uh, uh, to the Lord. I'm going to love my neighbor. That has to be in the front. You know, nowhere in Jesus' discipleship with men did he break out of law. If he did find it for me, sure. Nowhere in Jesus' disciples is me to break out the law book. On the contrary, Jesus warned his disciples against hypocrisy and the leaven of the Pharisees, Matthew 16, 6. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, Luke eleven forty two. Jesus didn't allow the religious crowd to influence his disciples. Jesus said, Woe uh, to you Pharisees. When you tithe mint and wool and all matters of herb and pass by justice and the love of God, uh, they kept the law but forgot the love of God for people. Jesus said, These you should have done, which you should have tithed, uh, should have done that, but uh, but not leaving the other undone. Amen. So they just simply did not have a love for God and people. Uh, they were simply committed to rules and laws. Uh, and that was their status, coming to church and coming before God. But they had it all backwards. You know, one of the reasons why we don't do anything with other churches that we don't know anything about uh, is because we don't know what's in them. Now, a revelation, Jesus didn't either. Right. He discipled his men. He taught them the love of God. He taught them to love God with all their heart, mind, soul. And, and strength and love their neighbors themselves. And from that, uh, they went on to win the world for uh, Jesus. Jesus didn't say, hey, uh, let's just pull in uh, the religious crowd. Let's just kind of mingle with them. Uh, let's kind of do what they do a little bit. They do. No, Jesus said, I'm going to teach them to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm going to teach them to love people. Uh, and from that, when the rule book was written in the heart uh, that Jesus uh, transferred to his disciples and went on to win the world. Look, lastly, at building the kingdom.
building a kingdom church, building a kingdom church. You know, a kingdom of God church is a church that fully embraces what Jesus said in our text. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It can't get any better than uh, coming to church can't be any more right than that. Uh, this has to be the main thing, the focus uh, of all that we do. This has to involve this. This has to be the culture of discipleship. The thrust of evangelism, the motor of our extremes are all the ministries that, and services that we do in the house of God. Uh, all that we do has to be surrounded and involved uh, and loving God with all the heart, mind, and soul, and strength, uh, and neighbor as yourself, that's building a kingdom church. Without this, we will be religious and filthy fathers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Listen, this has to fill your heart. This has to be what guides your mind and fills your soul. Uh, it is when this is in you. Uh, listen, you want to live clean? Come on. You want to do right, be honest, be pure, be a good example, have people over when this is in you. Uh, amen. You don't want to violate God. You don't want to do things wrong. Uh, you don't want to touch sin. You don't want to be involved in unrighteousness. Uh, and this is how we build the kingdom. This is a kingdom church. Jesus spent years, amen, put this in his men, uh, that they would have such a love for God that uh, they would hate sin, they would be afraid of sin, that uh, I don't want to touch and get close to it. Uh, it has to be a heart issue. You know, Acts 6, Acts 6 is a shifting moment for the church. Ministry is growing, people are needed to meet the need uh, of a growing church. Uh, verse 3, a standard is put place for ministry in the church. Standard and law are two different words. The law is a system of rules regulating the actions of its members, while standard is a level of quality. To make sure these uh, or those in ministry will stick to the quality of the church, which is uh, love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, uh, and neighbor as yourself, they put some standards in place. So to keep what they have holy, uh, to keep what they have righteous, and to keep every focus on that, they put a standard, a quality uh, uh, in those that would minister and be in ministry. One, verse three, the first standard they had. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. This word reputation, or reputation means trustworthy, reliable, respectable, and being true to the word, uh, that's a good standard. What word? Uh, that word that Jesus taught them. Love God, love your heart, mind, and soul. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. This was the first standard. Remember, we're talking about quality here. Uh, they want uh, their, their men that's going to be in ministry to, to hold this in their heart. Two, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, these are the folks that a few chapters back... Uh, got filled with the power of the Holy Spirit when it come upon them. Power to witness, power to evangelize, power to demonstrate the, the power of God. This was what they concerned that. We want somebody to have a good reputation, be trustworthy, be reliable, 
uh, be committed to the Word, and now we want them to be filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, not just in Word, but in action. We want them to uh, remember the power to witness, the power to evangelize, demonstrate, pray for people, demonstrate the power of God. This was the second standard uh, uh, in their line of the third uh, was wisdom. This word wisdom means experience, good judgment, uh, soundness in action, and knowledgeable. Amen. So they wanted their men uh, to have some experience here, have good judgment, soundness in action. They said, whom we may appoint over this business, uh, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So here's, uh, you know, uh, Peter and the others. Hey, we need to really dig into words some more. We need to, uh, you know, surrender or get into this uh, uh, in prayer. But listen, these are the standards. You know, if we're going to be, if we're going to, uh, if we're going to be in, or if you're going to be in ministry here, listen, we have standards. And our standards look like they're, one's reliable. Amen. Be here for all services. Listen, if you're going to be in ministry, you got to be an example. Uh, be here, reliable. Be here for all services to experience. That's why we tell people to wait six months before you get in. Uh, we want you to have something when you step in trustworthy. Uh, we say tithe. Amen. There's nothing that speaks that more than that. Uh, amen. Next, good judgment. Live clean. Be righteous. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, when somebody uh, amen, has that in them as a good judgment, they're not going to be out watching filthy stuff, being involved in unclean things. Hold the Holy Spirit. This involves faith in the supernatural. This is all believing God for great and powerful things. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, all the qualities or uh, qualities or standards in the lineup are all around. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh, uh, and the second commandment, love your neighbors yourself. Listen, uh, these qualities, uh, amen, or these standards are holding to that quality. Amen. This is what we want to do. We want to represent Christ. Uh, amen. We want to protect that full heart of God, that mind surrendered. Uh, and we're going to be reliable, be, uh, have a trustworthiness here, have some experience, uh, some good judgment, really full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and really, that's what they put in there. You know, they didn't give us 613 laws. If you're going to be in ministry, let me get the book. 613 of you follow. Why? They didn't want that church to be laws. They want the church to be rules. They want the church to be a place uh, where we love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, and our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, if we can do that, if we can commit ourselves to that uh, and make church all about God, uh, and have a surrendered life and heart loving God. Uh, listen up, uh, we can grow a church. Amen. You know, as the church grows, whether you're a minister or not in ministry, that's, uh, amen, it's still a hard issue. Whether you're a minister or not in ministry, you still love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This wasn't just a ministry This is something that uh, the the New Testament church was built on that uh, everywhere they would not preach, they preached uh, about the goodness of God, the grace of God, uh, and through 
that in their message they see people saved, redeemed, uh, healed. That's the message today. In our text, the religious people miss the heart of God because they're 613 rules. You know, we can miss God if we're What's the rule? Well, what's the heart of God? Do we have the heart of God that's in the rules? Now, when these standards, you know, the law was so important to the religious people, they resisted Jesus to the point of crucifying him just to be right in their own law. I've seen this happen. People so be so legalistic in their minds, so committed to just rules uh, that they push what God threw it away. Uh, uh, amen. And it's almost like crucifying Christ all over again. They do it in a smile because they think he's done something great. Let me ask you, do you simply have the love of God in your heart? In your heart, is it love the Lord your God all your heart? All your mind, all your soul. Is that in you? Is that where you come? Is it, I'm in love with God. I want my soul, my heart, my life, amen, to get involved with God. And do you have a love for your neighbor because you don't miss him? You miss him what God's doing. If we can get that in us, uh, we don't have to be so concerned about all the rules. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to close Again, living for God is not about a bunch of rules. All six.